Gotta have some love for the brown seat. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 102. We have an interesting conversation coming up this evening. We're going to be talking about the BACA organization, which stands for the Bikers Against Child Abuse. We're going to have a nice interview with a couple of gentlemen. But first, Mr. Miracle, what's happening? Not much, my friend. Not much. How are you? I'm doing well. It's just ever so slightly cooling down. Well, I'm going to say it was until a few days ago, and now we're back in the 90s, but... Where's the fall riding? Come on. It's coming out tomorrow. It's going to be 16 degrees cooler tomorrow. It's on its way, right? It's on its way, my friend. I sure hope so. Now you going to be a nice weekend. Now, I know you're not rinsing down a beverage tonight. Hope you're feeling better. Yeah, sorry. My uh, tummy uh, from dinner wasn't too good, so not setting too well. So Sorry to hear that. Yeah, but I know you always have a beverage, no matter what your tummy feels like. Yeah, I'll, I'll carry the beer torch as usual. and. From uh, Sierra Nevada, they've got something new called the Sidecar, which is an orange pale ale. So I'm enjoying this one. It's really, really pleasant. It's just a little bit of orange peel in the brew, and it's not overly citrusy. It's really a nice balance. So well done. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, like I said, we have two two gentlemen on the line tonight. We want to get right to that and not hold them up because I know they are on a phone, and that can be quite quite tiring when you're trying to talk for a long period of time. So without further ado, let's bring in uh, guys who are going to go by their handles this evening. The first gentleman is, goes by the name of Ammo. So welcome to Loud Pipes. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And you have a partner in crime joining us tonight by the name of Wrench. How are you? I'm not bad, not bad. All right, let's 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 start with Ammo. What, um, what is your title within the organization and what are you riding? I actually, uh, I'm the security officer for uh, our chapter, and my bike, I ride a 2009 Victory uh, Vegas Jackpot. Oh, Victory in the house. We got some people that like that. Yeah, I, I just recently put some uh, mini apes on it. It's uh, actually a net special lime green color. It stands out. Very nice, very that nice. It does. And then, uh, Wrench, what are you riding, and what is your title? Uh, well, I'm currently the PR rep for our chapter, and I ride a 97 Vulcan Classic. Been bored and stroked. A little bit of giddy up to it. Very nice, very nice. Another popular bike out there. Mm-hmm. All right, so I don't know who wants to start first, but I figure one of you should go ahead and give us the background on your organization, you know, sort of what it is, what you guys do, and then we'll we'll go back and forth and get into some of the detail. All right. Uh, well, basically, Bikers Against Child Abuse, uh, we live by a mission statement, and I happen to have that right in front of me, and I'll just read it off to you real quick, and that pretty much explains what we do. Okay. It's uh, Bikers Against Child Abuse, a.k.a. BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children not to feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. We work in conjunction with the local and state officials who already are in place to protect children. We desire to send a clear message to all those who are involved with the abused child that this child is a part of our organization and that we are prepared to lend our physical and emotional support to them by affiliation and or physical presence. We stand ready to shield these children from further abuse. We do not condone the use of violence or physical force of any manner However, if the circumstances arise such as that, we are the only obstacle preventing a child from further abuse, we all stand ready to be that obstacle. Hmm. And that's basically our mission statement in a nutshell right there. Well, that, that is a bit of a mouthful, my friend. And could you, I guess, give us an example of some of the things that you guys do in terms of protection or you know, where you stand in in terms of a line of defense and things like that? 
Well, without going into great details, um, if we have a child in our organization and they're afraid or they, they need us, they, they have but to call simply if they're, you know, in fear or whatever, every child gets a primary, two primaries that are involved with that child. Mm -hmm. And then that child will have their phone numbers right out the gate. When they have a problem or they have a fear, they will call the primary. Now, if the primary feels it's more involved than just them two can handle, they'll call the security officer would be ammo. Got it. And he would be the one to delegate whether or not there'd be need for further assistance from other members. And I, I don't know how really to put it without going into too much great detail, but we are always on the call for these children 24 seven, 365 days a year. Now we get involved with them when they're getting ready to go through their court cases and everything like that. We help them get through that fear so that they can get up on that testimony and basically do what they got to do without being afraid. And I don't know any better way to have a child be not afraid than have a courtroom full of bikers that are there to back them up. Cause here, you know, <laughs> yeah. Presence. I remember yeah. when I was a kid growing up, I seen all these bikes rolling by everybody on their leather and everything. I have people locked the car doors and everything like that. You know, they're an intimidating character. We are, we, we have the look, but we all are big, you know, yeah. when it comes to these children, big we're, we're like, <laughs> they're protectors. Now, how does that, how's the process get started? You know, how do you guys typically get notified, you know, that a child needs help? Does, you know, is it a relative or a friend? Like who's usually reaching out? Well, usually what happens is a lot of times it'll come from either a social worker or a sheriff's department or something like that. If somebody comes in and they see a child that's been abused or, or whatnot, they'll refer them to us and they hand them one of our flyers and then they'll contact the the helpline on the flyer. And then we do what we call an initial contact. And that's where we go. And we discuss the case with the, you know, mm -hmm. other members and decide whether or not, you know, this child is either a, how do I put it without sounding biased or anything like that? There's certain criteria that have to be met for it to be a Baca child. Not, you know, they, they have to have fear for one. That's the main thing is we try to eliminate the fear for that child. Okay. And no matter how hard we try, sometimes it don't work, but, little bit of a needs analysis there. Yes. And it's it not just, you know, it, it's got to be a point where that child is in definite fear for his safety or well-being. And the other part of it is like, for example, the perp, as we call them, cannot live in the house with the child. They're, we're not doing that child any good if the perp is already still in the house. Right. It, the fear is going to be constantly there and we cannot constantly be there. So there's, there's certain criteria that have to be met for a child to be in our organization. Got it. And it, it sort of a, sounds like it's sort of a legal thing too. Like there has to have already been an incident and someone is, you know, charged or removed from the situation at that point. Exactly. And, and that's another criteria. There has to be an open case with the courts and everything to where, you know, it's going to court, it's going through the court process and and whatnot so there's a lot of gray areas that can be involved with some things but in our situation you know it's pretty cut and dry got it all right so you said ammo you're the security officer so is there is there more to the role than than what we've already described is there other tasks that you have to do oh there, there's there's a bunch of tasks um what the security officer does is their sole responsibility is safety of the children that we are primaries for and the security, the safety of the chapter. Um, I have a security team. If we get called to say uh, a kid's in imminent danger, the perpetrator just got out of jail and they called us up and said, Hey, so-and-so just got out of jail. Right. L little uh, Sally's scared. It's my job to call up everybody say, Hey, there's what we call a level two. Everybody needs to get there. My security team takes perimeter to make sure that there's no imminent danger for that kid. And what we tell the, the parents is, or the guardian that calls is like, hey, you need to get off the phone with us and call 911 first. It's very important that we, because we work in conjunction with, uh, with the law. So 
Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was so your organization is obviously you're working with law enforcement, law enforcement, but you're well received in that community, right? We don't yeah, necessarily so. work with law enforcement. No, they are the we're primaries as far as like yeah, protecting the children, doing we're, their we're, job. We are. Go ahead. We work in conjunction with them. I got you. Yeah, we, we don't. We we don't do law. The, we we're not the law. We don't work for the law. What we do is we donate our time and help a kid. If they're afraid, we show up for that kid. If there's yep. imminent danger, if there's imminent danger, we are going to be that obstacle so the kid don't get hurt no more. Got it. Yeah, I guess what I was getting at is when you know, like you said, the first call would be to nine one one. So if if an officer were to show up for something and you guys were there, that's that's a good sign for them, I take it? You guys, you know, like I said, you get positive feedback from law enforcement. Yes, uh, we get we have very very positive feedback. Uh, the police they get paid to do their job to serve and protect. Unfortunately, they cannot be there twenty four hours a day. Right. I mean, every city, every town, police is they're they're uh, they're limited to what they can do. They can't sit there at somebody's house all night, you know, because their kid's scared. We can. We we can fill that void. In a level two, we will absolutely camp out in the front yard if we have to to make sure that child feels safe. We'll set up posts and we'll trade in and out. You know, every four hours or six hours, however you want to put it, we'll we'll have it all timed out. This ammo would have all that set up before it even came to that point. All right. Every six hours we're gonna trade two people in, two people out, all however it would work out. But we've you know, if it came down to a level two where that child was in infinite danger or fear will definitely camp out in that child's front yard and set up perimeters and make sure that child feels safe so he can sleep at night without having to worry about getting hurt or abused or, or whatever the fear might be. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, in a good way, but it sounds like a lot it to it, you know? There is a lot to it. And uh, that's the thing about every single Baca member across the world is uh a volunteer, we do this for what we call a paycheck, which is a kid smiling. Mm-hmm. That fear being gone, that's what we call our paycheck. Nice. So what's the reach of the organization? How many people are we talking, you know, across the U.S. and different chapters and things like that? We are a 501-3C nonprofit organization that is worldwide. We've Painted the country pretty much and blanketed a lot of the areas, and we're we're continuously growing. Just in the last year and a half, there was started, and and we use Iowa for an example. There was only one chapter in Iowa when we first started. Now there, I do believe, is six chapters in Iowa within the past year and a half. Wow, that's nice. All right, so you mentioned that that you guys are a nonprofit organization. So I'm assuming you have fundraisers and things like that, because. Obviously, it's not free to, to operate yourself. So what, what what do you guys do to raise money? What kind of things? Uh, some chapters have the 100-mile ride every May. Uh, some chapters have uh, get-togethers, and some, so there's some places that donate to uh, the chapters. Uh, there's a, uh, if you go to bacaworld.org, there is a donate tab up in the middle of the page. So anybody can donate across the world. All they got to do is go to bacaworld.org and that money that goes a hundred percent of that money goes towards helping kids that don't go towards anything else, but kids. Uh, if the kid needs therapy, that money goes there for, for the kids to go through therapy. Right. Like you said, the time's all volunteer. So, you know, the money's all straight, straight going to a good cause. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so you talked about some of the hundred mile rides. Do you guys do any other rides during the year? It depends on the chapter. There are a few chapters that do little rides or big rides, I guess, some chapters. Uh, It just depends on the areas. Uh, You have to look up the different chapters. Our our local chapter that we do, we do the one big ride with the public a year. And then throughout the year, this year, um, there was a uh, a music festival that wanted to uh, donate to our cause. And so they put on a big, all day music festival. They got pretty, it was a pretty good time. Uh, some loud music, you know, and, uh, they donated all their, all their profits to us. 
I mean, it, it just, just depends on where, where people are at. That's cool. Well, there's other things that, that the chapters have been known to do for like, uh, donations or whatever. And we call them, um, what we did in other chapters. Cause I've been in, I just recently transferred down to this chapter and I was in another chapter in Iowa that we were starting and they did things called child abuse awareness events where we would go and like at the local speedway, the racetrack there, we would go up and set up an awareness booth and we would put out a donation bucket and anybody who wanted to donate could, but we were more worried about putting the awareness out there that we were in the area. Our services are here. If you need us, Mm -hmm. we'd hand out flyers. We have coloring books that are, you know, made by Baca that we would hand out to the kids and little Baca temporary tattoos that the kids just eat up and love them. (laughs) And anytime people would walk by, you know, you get some donations usually, but you know, that's one way they would do it. Or like in, we mentioned before the hundred mile ride, um, that one is a big one for a lot of chapters. They would host the hundred mile ride May 20th every year. And almost every chapter does it the exact same day, rain, sleet or shine. And all these people that would come and ride with us would pay their, you know, it's like, uh, I want to say it's $10 a single rider, $20 a pair, something like that. And at the end of every event, there would be at least that's most of them that I've been to. There's usually a raffle or, or, uh, an auction type of thing where the BACA members would go out to different agencies and say, Hey, you know what? We're having this ride. Would you like to donate anything for the auction at the end of the ride type of deal? It's going to be raffled off. All the proceeds go to, you know, the child, the bikers against child abuse awareness things for these kids. And a lot of people will be willing to donate some very nice things for these auctions. And everything is all, you know, from our volunteer time going out to making these awareness events, you know, work. So. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, I know we have a lot of listeners here. Obviously we, most of us ride motorcycles. I mean, there are some of us that don't, but. So if there's a, a rider out there listening and they're interested in, in signing up, what's the, what's the process? You know, who, who do they contact? What do they go through? Can you guys talk about that a little bit? Well, the first thing I would recommend them to do, depending on where they're from, would be go to the website, bacaworld.org, find a chapter in their local area and start showing up. That's half of, the, half of what it requires is show up. We, we aren't looking for just, you know, an every now and then a person to be there. We're looking for somebody who's right. as dedicated as, you know, they can be. And if they can show up to, uh, used to be, uh, and Ammo, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had to show up to at least three monthly meetings before you could even get printed and to be, have your background check done. And that's another thing that's required is everybody has to be able to pass uh, a background check done by the FBI, the NCIA national home security, everything to make sure you didn't have any type of child abuse, child neglect, child endangerment, any, any type of record like that. Cause you know, we don't want anybody getting into the midst of BACA that mm-hmm. is, or has been a perpetrator of what we're trying to protect these children from. Yeah, so they have to be able to clear that before they can even be brought into a BACA chapter. And then even after that, you become a supporter and you have to be a supporter for X amount of time before you can become a patched member in BACA. And I've been writing with BACA for almost three years now, I do believe going on three and a half, something like that. And I started a temp chatter with charter with some friends of mine and it's blown up into a, a pretty good sized chapter up in Marshalltown, Iowa. And I moved down here to, for family reasons and transferred down to the Fairfield chapter. And I am still not yet, after three years, a full patch member because we are temp charters trying to get started in this. So it's a bit of a lengthy process for anybody who wants to join BACA. It It can be quite some time before you become a full patch member into BACA. And don't take it as a personal assault against anybody or yourself or anything like that. It's just that's what it can take. You know, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of keeping your nose to the grindstone and keeping the mission in, in your forehead. Don't, don't get discouraged and frustrated because you're not, you know, I should be full patched right now, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not about that patch. It's not about the recognition. If that's why you're joining Baca, you're joining it for the wrong reasons and we won't want you there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's, you want them to prove the dedication and make sure it's someone who's going to stick around and, you know, not just float mm-hmm. in and float out. Yeah. You don't need that. Because these kids, when we get them, if they become to a point where they're going to be a primary, they have to be as reliable as everybody else in that membership is. We don't need somebody who's not going to answer their phone when that child calls. We don't need somebody who's not going to answer the phone when there's a 
an emergency situation. We want people who are going to be dedicated to the cause of BACA. Got it. And I think you said earlier there's a primary and a secondary for each for each kid. They, yeah. they get assigned. There's okay. a a male and a female for every child. And depending on the situation, usually if it's a girl, they'll attach to the female first. You know, if it's a boy, mm-hmm. I'd say eight times out of ten, the boy will bond faster with the male. But there's always that time where the boy will attach to the female. But whichever the one that child usually attaches to first will be the number one primary. And then there's always that secondary, uh, you know, they're still considered a primary, but they're like the secondary for the primary. If the person is with a family function and doesn't hear their phone ring, they always have two contacts to reach out to. So they are the ones that will have most involvement with that particular child. And then they report to the rest of the chapter, how things are going. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you said, everyone's dedicated, but you know, things do happen. There's, there's obviously instances where someone's not going to be around. So it's nice to have a backup. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, we require a certain amount of dedication from all of our members, but what it also boils down to is there's a, a pecking order in this and it goes family work, God and Baca, you know, your family comes before everything. You don't put your family on the back burner for anything. You can't do what you do without working. So you have to have your job, you know, and in my opinion, religion is as important as anything else, but Baca should be up there in the top, you know, four of the main things that you live for if you're a true Baca member. So that's the way I look at it anyway. And the growth is pretty pretty nice to see. John was just showing me that there's well, there's six chapters in Iowa now, and there was one. Yep. Not not too long ago. There was the CIC, which is Central Iowa. How many kids do you guys normally handle during a time? I mean, I'm I know there's a, a lot of them, and I mean, do you ha- have a limit that you guys can handle? There, yeah, well, we have no limit. If we if if the kid meets the criteria, we we will take that kid, and and if if we can't handle it in our chapter, we call for outside help from another chapter. So, yeah, that's where I was going. I mean, I know your membership is only so big, and if you got two, you know, people to per per child, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, if you get don't have enough members. I mean, that's where I was going with that. So that's good to know. Yeah. So John had asked earlier about rides. What are some other things that you guys do to get out, you know, I'm sure you do like promotional rides and things like that, but you know, what do you guys like to do in your riding time just for fun? You know, what kind of rides do you like to do? Well, we had one not too long ago. It was the legacy run. That one's a, a hoot of a time. <laughs> Did you go this year, Ammo? Oh, yes. Yes, I went. I, I don't uh, miss I wasn't, that. I wasn't able to make it up there this year, but I've been there the three years prior to that. And it's basically nothing but a bunch of Baca members free of all the other troubles. You know, it's just a ride to Mm -hmm. recognize all the fallen members that have either, you know, passed away on their bikes or throughout the year. And we go out and we just have a ride to remember them. You know, we put on little wristbands that have all the, the people who have passed away and we all wear them with pride, take them out for their one last ride with us, you know. That's one ride we do, and that one, it's a four-day event. It starts on a Thursday, and it ends on a Sunday evening. But we all camp out. We do the biker games, pushing the cake down, you know, <laughs> all the different biker games like that that you see at other rallies and whatnot. But we have a good time. And, you know, we like this summer, uh, we had a little camp out with our little chapter, and we went on a little ride of our own, you know, just to go out and have fun and get away from all the the hustle and bustle of work and life and, you know, and sometimes even Baca can get to a person to wear them down physically and emotionally to where you just want to get away from it all. And that's, that's needed every now and then, you know, it doesn't mean we're not caring about the mission or anything like that, but if, if the phones are quiet and things are calm and we get something planned and scheduled, then by all means, let's take advantage of it. Yeah. I was going to say it's, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like a lot of work and it's also pretty serious and i'm sure it gets quite emotional so i'm sure you need your time to get out and you know just ride you know just use the bike for therapy as a lot of us do 
two oh, knees in the brain oh, yeah. is some of the best therapy in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. I took a personal trip this year. I, I took what is called a destinationless ride. I hopped on the bike. I left on a Thursday and I got lost. I, from Iowa, I ended up in, uh, down in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Awesome. Just, just riding. That's the best so. kind of ride. My, my buddy John here, he's a little bit of a planner. And he, uh, he doesn't go anywhere without having six pages of notes. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like that. I like to just get on a bike and just start riding and, and don't think about it too much. That's, that's nope. the best way to do it. That's the way me and my wife like to do it. Get on the bike every now and then on a weekend. And where are we going to go? I don't know. Whichever way the bike's pointing, that's where we're going. <laughs> I think we wound up somewhere down in Illinois the last time. Nice. Hmm. You guys get outside of Iowa very much? I mean, just in terms of of Baca events, do you, do you travel across the country or do you keep it pretty local? Well, we stay usually in the United States, but we have, uh, our international meeting, which is, I think this is the last year it's going to be held in Vegas. Isn't it? No, it's going to be in, uh, uh, it's going to be in Missouri, Kansas city, Missouri this year. Kansas city. Uh, last year was the last year in Vegas. This year is in Missouri. Right. But Yeah. That's a big gathering right there. I mean, it's going to be mm. the whole, how do I put it? They broke the United States up into four quarters right. and everybody has their own little, their own designated area. So it's going to be quite an interesting one this year. Well, maybe you'll get to go, you'll get to go abroad sometime. You will have an international event outside the U.S. Unfortunately, I probably won't be able to <laughs> with my work and everything, but you know, that'd be nice to be able to go over to Germany and or down to Australia and visit some of the other chapters over there. Yeah. Put the Vulcan on a boat and meet it when you get there. I'll just rent a bike over there. <laughs> yeah. We have aspirations for lots of places. One of our favorite things that we watch on TV is the Isle of Man every year, the, the TT races. So that's, that's on our list to get, get there at some point. That would be fun. Let's see. Um, what other bike events do you, do you guys go to? So, do you attend any of just the regular motorcycle rallies and and do promotion events there and things like that? We have a we actually have an event coordinator, and here a couple weeks ago we had what's called the State Line Rally. It's actually in Kissacqua, Iowa, and it's a weekend event. It's an end of summer rally. That it's uh, we had a little event there where we had meet and greets with our members. We had a booth set up with some knowledge that pass out there's a an event called uh hell on wheels next not this weekend but next weekend a chopper show there's a whole bunch of choppers down in franklin iowa it's a good time to go down there sometimes we go to those events some of us will just go hand out information at some of those events sometimes and as far as other events go, I mean, if they're, it all depends on how they're, they're running and organized. If it's an MC event put on by per se, mm -hmm. you know, a, a true MC club, it's, it's not advised that we go running around there handing out our flyers and everything. Cause then they don't much kind of take to that, but there are events like a bait. Yeah. We go to a bait of Iowa, a group of us usually every year. Okay. Um, and like, Emma was saying the state line rally, that one's a big one for us. You know, if they're, if they're just regular events and, and rallies, that's fine. You know, Sturgis, stuff like that. But then you got some of them that are put on by organizations that are, they don't much take kindly to what we represent. Got it. Yeah. Just, uh, this past weekend I was, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina and then there's a, Ray Price Capital City Bike Fest, and I know one of your chapters were here, so I saw them with a booth set up and everything, so that was pretty cool. So we try to get out there yeah. as often as possible. I mean, the more people that know, you know, the better, in my opinion. Because I know a lot of our chapters wouldn't have even been established if it weren't for the fact of other people going out there and putting the word out there. To go from one chapter in Iowa to six within a year and a half is a pretty big feat, from what I'm understanding. So. All right. Well, I know you guys said that the paycheck, you know, is is the protecting a child and things like that. But we'll we'll start with ammo first. But kind of give us one of your, I'm going to say favorite moments, but that's not really what I mean. Just more like you know, one of your most proud moments or something that's the most memorable since you've been been with Baca. 
that, that's actually really easy for me to answer is because I'm a primary of a child and uh, I watched her at a um, one of the picnics that we had for the children, a summer picnic. I watched her playing with other kids and acting like nothing ever happened to her. And that was a big moment for me because I, I, I seen nice. the other side of it when I first met her and that broke me down. And then seeing her playing with other kids, playing tag, out there with squirt guns, getting wet and having fun with the other kids. That was my paycheck. I mean, watching watching her from this scared person, not even talking to her own brother, just being scared, to out doing somersaults, being a kid, you know, and that's and that's what our paycheck is, is getting them to that point again. All right, Ranch, you're going to have to top that. In my opinion, that's the best paycheck you can get is watching a kid be a kid. Very much I can do to top that is mine is very similar to his. Um, at one of our picnics two summers ago, not going to say any names or anything like that, but this certain young boy, when we first met him, could barely look even his own parents in the face. And then after everything was all said and done and he showed up to the picnic and he wound up dumping a tub of ice cold water all over me after the rest of the Baca members wrestled me down and held me down so he could do that. And I was, you know, not even the child's primary, but for some reason he took a liking to me. I don't know why, but they all wrestled me down and then he grabbed this big old pail of ice cold water and just doused me with it and smiled and laughed the whole time he did it. And <laughs> I was a glutton for punishment. I went back for more, but yeah, watching them kids be able to run around without having to look over their shoulders and without having to, you know, have that look of fear and, and embarrassment in their faces. It's a hard feeling to explain. Uh, nobody will ever know that feeling unless they've been through it. You know, it's right. something that, I'll be proud of every day that I live on, you know, and the remembrance of these children when they smile and laugh without fear for the first few times that, you know, they can. That that's one heck of a paycheck. All right, Johnny, John, anything else from you? You got another question? No, I think you've hit everything. You know, I saw your hand going up. So I was wondering, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good. It's, it's real interesting. And I'm just, pondering and thinking about how great they, these guys are doing and what they're helping out these kids with. Yeah. It hit home. Yeah. It, it really is a, it really sounds like a great organization and I'm, I'm not usually at a loss for words, but yeah, it just kind of has my, kind of has my mind turning tonight for some reason. Well, I'm sure if there's any other questions that pop up in the future from you or any of your listeners, uh, I refer them to the website, bacaworld.org. Check it out. There's all kinds of information. There's a few videos on there that they can watch that it goes into some more details, possibly than what we've been able to discuss. Um, yep. It's it's a great learning tool for people who want to even possibly might need our assistance or be want to think about becoming a BACA member themselves. So go ahead and check it out. That's a one-stop shop for both people that want to join and, and might need assistance as well. Yep. Yeah. Is there a place on there or, or any other link where people can donate directly if someone wants to give to the cause in a direct manner? Yes, there is. There, if you go into uh, BacaWorld.org, there is a donate tab where you can go and click on it. Or if you, there is a very little bit of merchandise you can buy on there, I believe, maybe a keychain or something. There is, you can, like I said, just go donate. There are, from your local chapters and, uh, if you just want to go donate, you know, that's, that's the best way to do it. That website, that website, org. Very nice. All right. Well, Ammo and Ranch, I, I want to thank you guys again for your time. This was very informative for me. And, and like I said, it's, it definitely hits home and I'm, I'm rarely at a loss for words, but <laughs> you guys have done it. Well, it's not very common. You can take a radio DJ and make them not talk. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Anyone can shut me up. That's a big task. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, gentlemen. If if you need anything, you know, in the future, by all means, let us know. All right. Thanks Not for having us on. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, bye. Bye. 
Wow, man. Yeah, I am just to repeat. Yeah, I'm I'm rarely, rarely at a complete loss for words. But man, just as they got talking, I'm just like, uh, yeah, (laughs) that's awesome stuff. So yeah, a little different for us, but you know, this was, you know, this was kind of a a shout out from one of the riders of Loud Pipe. So we were happy to be able to do it. You know, it took some time to get things scheduled, but you know, I'm glad we were able to, to get ammo and wrench on the line. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, great organization. I'm glad they're out there helping kids and helping these kids through these rough times of their lives. And, you know, even if, uh, even if we have kids listening to the podcast and have our concerns or having problems, you know, yeah. reach out to these guys and, or reach out to any motorcycle rider. I mean, I think all of, you might see a motorcycle rider, you might think they're these bad guys, but you know, me being, you know, a year and a half riding, I mean, the community's awesome and anybody would on a bike, I think would drop and help out a kid in a heartbeat. So it's just nice to see the amount of time that people are volunteering for this kind of thing. I mean, the, the passion and the dedication is just, just unreal. Yeah. So, all right. Little U-turn time. Well, hang on. We got to do something first. We got to take a moment to recognize our, our, our riders. You want to do it? Go ahead. You do it. No, man. <laughs> you do it so good. I'm just giving you the plug here. You, you got the radio <laughs> voice. I don't. I don't kid yourself. All right, let's take a moment to recognize the people that make this show possible. And we like to thank them each and every show for their support. And we also remind everyone to visit loudpipes.net slash donate for more information. So let's start by thanking the barbershop riders. That would be Mr. Jebby, first five member. Mr. Zion, first five member. And we also have Chuck, Mike, and Chris rounding out the barbershop level. Our riders group consists of the first five members of Marcus, Rickard, and Edward. And the rest of that group is Micah, Jim, Kenny, Roger, Dangerous Dave, and the newest member, Chad. Insiders group is Darren and the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. All right. Custom build competition time. We, nope. we covered this in a prior news roundup, our new rapid fire style. But now we need to circle back on the championship of the Americas that went down at the AIM Expo. And we need to talk about the winners. What do you think? All right. What you got, my friend? What do you think, Johnny John? Mm. Custom bikes. Is that your deal? No. You don't like custom bikes? Don't care? Take it or leave it? Oh, he's he's pausing. Oh my goodness. It's it's I'm gonna dig here a little bit. What's going on, buddy? I I guess after you know, and we'll cover this in the next show, but after this past weekend, and I thought about it before, yeah, custom bikes are cool, but after a while you see one, you've seen them all, feels like. Well, the pictures you at least that at least the pictures you sent to me were all of the big wheel baggers. You didn't send me anything else. What, what else did you want? I wanted to see something original, something different. We'll talk about it next show. Oh, geez, you're gonna make me wait. Or, or you want me to tell you about it? I'll tell you one of them. All right, give me one. Give me a little taste. So, 1980, 80s Goldwing. Okay. I think it was an 81's Goldwing with a 1957 Volkswagen engine on the back end. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Was it a tri- yeah. was it a trike? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> okay. It was um That's different. That's interesting. It was very unique, I'll say that much, but it was hmm. very primitive, I would call it. But there were some other cool. There was a couple other ones that were there that were really cool. Okay. Um, and I know I did send some of the bag or stuff. And I think some of the bikes we saw, uh, as as we've talked about, Big Mike from the Riders came up with his wife and went and one of the bikes he saw was even at Easy Rider, and they have more 
put the front fa- uh, fairing on the f- nose. So hmm. um, you get to see it develop a little bit. But okay. I will also say this much real quick on that. A lot of either turbo or supercharged bikes. As customs? As customs. Well, I, I think Mike said it best. He said this show has nothing on easy riders. I don't know if he was all that excited about the show. He had a good time, right? He had a good time. It's, um, as I said, don't want to try to get into it for the next show if we cover it or what, if you, unless you want to get into it. Um, it was different than Easy Rider because the custom bike show and Easy Rider was, I think, more laid out and there's more bikes at Easy Rider. Uh, this was more of a festival. I mean, there was a bike show, yeah. a stunt show. Uh, there was one, two, three, like three to four different stages for concerts. So it was a, and, and they blocked off the street. Um, I kind of was a little disappointed this year because how they laid out the streets last year. I thought they had more spots in the middle of the street uh, for bikes to park than this year because at one spot where I thought I could go down last year, there was a stage and we had to go in a different way. So it was more party, less bike show. A little bit. I mean, it was that way last year. I mean, there was as many okay. concerts, but I mean, it's, that's more of, it's a, it's a festival. It's not okay. so much like an easy rider show. I mean, it's more like a all round event. All right. Well, let's get back to our custom bikes. Yes. We're yes. going to do a whole show on it next week. Maybe. Teaser. If I remember. Maybe. <laughs> I'll think about it. All right. Well, I guess we should offer our congratulations to Tim Dixon, winner of the freestyle class from the Gas Axe Chop Shop in Tennessee. And what do you think of this bike? It's cool. That it is looks, different. It is different. And this is where I want to say um, custom bike shows are at the rideable vintage look. Kind of, as I would call it. It's not a big wheel bagger. Yeah. You know, it's kind of minimal as you need, something different, something unique. Yeah, I would say this is, this is in that rideable vintage category. It's a, it's a panhead Harley, um, open primary, belt drive, uh, very clean. You know, the frame tank and tins all of the same color. So I, it looks unfinished. I don't know if it's just polished or if it's cleared, but. You know, just all very raw looking and quite an interesting front end in terms of the way the forks are set up. Right. I don't know what you would call that. It's kind of like a, it's like a reverse fork. The shock's on the backside, but the pivot is forward of the shock. It's just, it's interesting. You got to look at it. So I think kudos to them. It's a, it's a unique looking bike. I like that it is more in the vintage style. Maybe we can kill those big-wheeled baggers once and for all. Well, you got some time yet. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> and while you're sitting here talking about that, ask me next week about big-wheeled bagger and somebody that commented about having a big-wheeled bagger and how it rides. Okay. Although, the other day, coming back from the airport, it was, what was it, Friday night, and my trip back from Buffalo, a big SUV with spinners on it. I haven't seen spinners in years. Oh, I see them all the time. I was like, what in the heck? I see see them all the time. Not many. I mean, that's pretty much gone. Not around here. Not around there? All right. I was surprised to see it. Still got some. My my sheltered life, I guess. (laughs) And, yeah, so continue on. Got the second place winner there with a Harley. Also a vintage engine. I can't tell if that's a knuckle or not from this picture definitely an, an older bike though and then third place long chopper long chopper Gir- i'll take the second one over the first it's the third one girder front end nice wire spokes that's pretty cool looking i think that's a sh- that looks like shovel head one i can tell and then fourth place also a harley no that's a yamaha yeah, it's a Yamaha. Looks like I think it's a Yamaha parallel twin. Yep, looks like Yamaha out of um, out of what? Like the XSR six hundred and fifty thing? 
probably older than that. Now, what did you think of the People's Choice? This is from Mark Atkinson. Some kind of BMW with a, like a bullet nose on it, and the front wheel is completely covered. Uh, That's right under the freestyle. Yeah, I see that. Uh, I'll, I'll pass on that. Brown seat, though. Ding, 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 ding. Then you lay down on the on the brown cushion. Gotta have some love for the brown seat. Ugh. Cool. I thought the rest of them were, were, were pretty neat. And it was neat to see a little bit of a build-off at the AIM Expo, because I don't think they've done that before. Right. Like, when the show was in Orlando, I don't remember them doing any bike shows like this. Not custom build-offs, that's for sure. But anyway, so... Mr. Tim Dixon is headed to Germany uh, for the finals. Cool. Well, wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. Go now, to um, America. Now, since we are talking about AIM, any, any big news come out of AIM? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't go, so. Well, I don't know if you heard any news. Not really. Okay. All right. Well, talking about that, when we uh, will have an update because the Fastenisha went. Yeah, that's what I'm saving it for. Let me get my update from her. All right. All right. Yeah, she takes off today or tomorrow for the 50cc, coast to coast. And uh, She's going to get ready, and uh, I think she pulls out at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. So that'll be cool. And when she gets back, we're going to get an update on the 50cc, a little bit, a little bit about AIM, which, I don't know. I just really wasn't interested this year. I don't really know why. I guess just new bike news to me isn't really all that exciting until you can get to ride a bike. You know what I mean? I understand. I mean, it's news. Yeah. It's like, Hey, great. Here's something new, but I'm more excited when I get to go out and ride it. So I don't know that and I've been busy. So yeah, I, I think we've both been busy with a lot of stuff. I mean, Mike came up last weekend, had a great time with him and went riding and just keeping us both busy. Do you want to do a little news roundup and shut it down? What do you think? Yeah, we can do that. All right. You'll like mine. News roundup, rapid fire. Here we go. And they're only going to be two this time, right? I I only did mine because, you know, partner of crime didn't show up. Yeah, I think what we'll do is each each of us will pick a, a news topic and then we'll go back and forth. That way, you know, the 60 seconds can go back and forth. But I'll do mine first. Thank you very much. You can. All right, my my article, Redshift Cams, now available for the Milwaukee 8 engine. Sweet! This is More their performance. 468 cam. It's a bolt-in grind. You're going to add about 25 horsepower and right around 18 foot-pounds of torque to your Milwaukee 8 for the bargain basement price of about $250. Gasket kit, another $28. And they've got a quickie push rod and cover kit that you can add to it for another $225. That's from SNS. So, so if you buy all of that, let's see, all in, click, 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 500 bucks. 25 horsepower, 500 bucks for your Milwaukee 8. John, go. Awesome, man. The Milwaukee needs more power, more takeoff, so you can do wheelies. <laughs> wheelies, man. Oh, talking about that. <laughs> You have 60 seconds. You know, don't forget your thought. (laughs) Let me go on. Continue. So that's cool. Glad they're going to do it. Uh, uh, Would would you go? But what does it do to the warranty? That's my question would be to probably avoid the warranty. 500 bucks. You got to probably rip the engine apart. Maybe after, maybe after a year, a couple years of riding it. And once the cam needs to be rebuilt, maybe. Sounds like a good idea. All right. That's it. So, I, I don't I don't have anything else, my friend. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I kind of feel the same way. This is this is not the kind of change I want to do to a new bike. I want to ride it for a while, break it in, you know, get used to it, and just feel out the bike in its its factory form. I mean, the biggest change I ever did to my deuce, and really all I think I ever need to do performance wise, was just air cleaner, exhaust, and upgraded the ECU. Let it breathe better just runs better overall just a real nice improvement i don't see a need for this you know for years on a bike but it's nice nice way to get 25 horsepower more a little more torque and with the milwaukee 8 being a single cam 
should be a little easier job. So that's my take. Yeah, I will agree that taking on the spider and putting the exhaust on and really helped it breathe more and it acts like a different bike. Yeah, just rather you get more power or not, just it feels better, more responsive, possibly runs cooler, better fuel economy. Good, good, good. Talking about the spider and Big Mike here. Yeah, yeah. In in the clubhouse, Big Mike mentioned he would not believe a spider would do a burnout. Yeah. <laughs> you proved it. I wrong. showed him a spider can do a burnout. So there we go. So I proved it to him. He said you want to see when he was up here. All right. And did he ride it or was he just sitting on it? He rode it. Him and the missus got on it. Took it down the street. Took it around the block. I have video proof. I didn't even get to ride it yet. Dang. It's been sitting here all these times. You never said you never get around. You never say, <laughs> you want to take it for a ride? Go for a ride, Rich. I don't care. <laughs> You're just too busy with everything else. So I'm just giving you a hard time. Next time we meet up. You can take it for a little spin. All right. All right. Let's see. You have a news article you want to talk about? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I have a good news article. It could be a topic, but I'm going to make it a news article. We can we can run on. Rico's not here. We can take more time. All right. So so last. Let's see. Let me get, let me get this right here. Last week, it was last um, Thursday night. In fact, Can Am dropped the 2018 lineup. Dropped it right on the table. Did a Facebook live stream. The interesting thing was last week when we did the show, they kind of had videos on Facebook mm. of what they did. And so so what did the big lineup change? Well, since the Spider has all this tech, they finally have upgraded the dash. Oh. And their instrument panel digitized it all. Got Bluetooth enabled. Mm-hmm. GPS has built-in GPS. And what kind of screen are we talking about? What's this thing rocking? It's two four point. It's a four point three screen. Yeah, and uh, it's split. So everything on the if you look at the screen, everything from the miles per hour to the left stays, and everything to the right will change uh, depending on your app. And there's a Bluetooth enabled. Yeah, it's a four point three screen. So it's like and eight inches across the dash, basically. The new display includes a pair of, yeah, so it's 4.3 inch screen. So it's a pair of 4.3s. Hmm. And you can still get the six speed manual, I see. They still, unfortunately, have made some changes. You only can get the six speed manual in two bikes. Let me guess. The F3 Daytona. Correct. (laughs) And I don't know, the other F3S, maybe the sport one? Nope. The base RT. Everything else has gone to the full uh, six-speed. Um, the semi-automatic. Semi-automatic. Oh, the other thing that's cool, so they have built-in apps that connect with the BRP Connect from your phone, and they are going to include incompatible apps of maps, music, accurate weather, and it comes with Rever. So Rever is now team up is integrated into the... Um, BRP app. The system. System, yep. And they added, on the RT models, they added six, you know, premium audio speakers. Six speakers? Six speakers. And You wouldn't even hear it over your exhaust, so don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and they added a couple of new colors. So there you go. There's, there's a comment. What do you think there, Mr. Warfield? I don't... I don't know. I, the tech doesn't excite me one bit. And that's that's not just because it's a spider. It's because I just don't care to have any of that on the bike to begin with. So that's great for people who like it, like you. I know you'll enjoy all that tech, and you would you would lap it up if you had one of these, but that's not going to make me buy anything. But did they restyle the nose a little bit? I think they did a tiny bit, right? Uh, no, I don't think they restyled style the nose really uh they also came out with two new colors well the, or they changed some colors the top part of the the fins in the grill seem to protrude now on the top i don't remember seeing that before see right below the logo yeah there's a split uh, and then you see that yeah. black part that kind of sticks out that doesn't i don't remember seeing that before but i think it's always been there 
Maybe it's always been there. So this blue is new? That's that nice. Blue is a, that's a new blue color. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and also they added um, uh, the UFIT system that, you know, it has this, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm correct on this. Um, the UFIT system is currently three positions. They now are up to five. I did see that. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So they've, they've added that so you can do that a little more. Um, let me think what else have they added. And they can add with the apps, what's pretty cool is as techno- time goes on, they can add more apps to the the BRP Connect app. So, I mean, and, uh, that is one advantage to that that type of system that I do like is that it'll evolve over time. Yep. But I don't, I, I, I don't need it. I, know I don't like it, but at least it's upgradable, I guess is what I'm saying. It's not going to be the same, you know, static thing that, you know, that you get every year. And the other thing they did is they made it so that the screen is now supposed to be seen visible in sunlight where right now when the sun hits mine it's like gone i can see the analog but i can't see it in the digital screen um so yeah so that's and the other cool thing with the bluetooth is that you can select how you want the bluetooth to come you can set it to go to your um if you have a center headset you can have it come from the unit to your headset so wait from where so if you have a center so it has a built. So if you have the radio, yeah, it has Bluetooth, and you have a Senna, you can have instead of coming through the speakers, it can go into your Senna. I don't, blue- I don't understand the advantage there. So if you have a radio, oh, you're talking bike, about the radio on the bike feeds into mm-hmm. your headset. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Or GPS can go through it, so you could have more. Like you said, if it's too loud, you can't hear the speakers through your helmet. You can hear it. I, I will tell you that I test rode an F3T, and I was had the helmet on, earplugs, and had the radio up maybe a quarter of the way, and I could hear the radio. So hmm. that was pretty cool, I thought. You thinking about a touring model at some point? I am. Will it be an F3T or just the RT? So, in theory, I would like the F3. 60 seconds, almost over. Hurry. <laughs> but it's probably going to be, uh, it comes down to cost and it might be an RT. Mm. Cause because you get, the M- you get more MSRP. for the money. Well, number one, the MSRP is $2,000 less on an RT to an F3T. Got it. Um, so then if you go with an RT, you get the full back touring pack, you get adjustable uh, windshield, and if I went with the RT, I could get the manual transmission, which I was planning on doing on my next spider. All right. So there you go. There's there's my news. I think there's my exciting news of of the spider world. I think you'll enjoy the the six speed because I know I know you made the transition to a manual with your WRX, and I know you enjoyed that. So I think you'll oh, yeah. enjoy shifting on the spider. Yeah, I think I'll have fun on the spider, and and it's not the fact I I really didn't want to go to the RT because I I like the F3 kind of like the back and it's being naked and kind of keeps the sport look. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're talking a couple grand different. And then I also get more options like, you know, the the windshield is electronic on the on the RT. I didn't like the windshield on the F3. I didn't just how you I think you commented looking through a windshield on your deuce and how you look down the road kind of like does something funky. I had that on the F3. I was just like, when I test wrote it, it was weird. Yeah. I guess my stance on a windshield is I want it to be low enough that I'm looking over it cleanly without the line of the windshield being in my vision because I definitely don't want to look through the windshield. Right. So on the F3, I didn't, I didn't have that. I was able to look over, but if I looked down at all, I saw it. And it was just, I guess the concave of the windshield kind of messed me up, kind of just messed with me. So anyways. All yeah, right. it's this, the windshields generally are not optically perfect, so they kind of distort your vision a little bit. That's what I find, generally. Yep. The only other thing I wish that Spire will do, and I hope they do at one point in time, is get rid of the freaking key and go with a fob. Is it that big of a deal? <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, but I think... Here, here we go. And I guess... 
you know, this past weekend talking with Mike about it and he threw it threw it out. It's like the spider is so advanced in technology, you expect to have all this latest tech in it. So why don't you have everything? Yeah. Everything. You know, yeah. we'll go back to the the thing that and I think part of it has to deal with the key serves multiple excuse me, multiple things. I mean, it opens the trunk right. in front, it opens the bottom of the seat, you know, it locks the steering wheel and you start the bike. So I mean it has four things it does. So how else would you control, you know, opening the box, the, the trunk? You have to have a you'd the fob. Up, you'd end up with a series of buttons, and then it's like, well, the, I have to lock them. And, yeah, right. yeah. So there's, I think, trade-offs, and I think I've, I understand that. So Okay. All right, so there's the Spider News. So RT for John someday. Interesting. Could be. Interesting. Could well, be. You don't want a fat bob like everyone else? No, I don't want a fat bob. Don't get me started. Did you go test ride one? Hell no. Have you even gone and looked at one? No. You should. Well, I saw one the day that they had them at the dealership, but All right. I haven't ridden it. All right. So, let's see. What else did we have on the list? Anything? I think that's it. That garage nope. topic is old. Talked about that. Yeah. And we haven't done anything more on the Ultimate Touring Bike. No, that'll be a future show. Um the, I guess the only thing on the racing side is uh, Jared Meese won the rider championship in flat track. All right. We knew that was going to happen anyway, but I think on the last last time we talked about flat track, Indian had clinched the manufacturers, but uh, Jared has taken the, the rider's title as well. Cool. And let's see, I'm still enjoying watching World Superbike and... You know, I it's funny. I I enjoy watching World Superbike, but I don't have a following. You know, I haven't I haven't picked a rider, I haven't picked a team. You know, like like we had a NASCAR. You know, I'm a Chevy guy. You know, I used to root for for Earnhardt. I just I'm just enjoying it for just the pure sport. I just enjoy watching the bikes. You know, looking at the lap times, looking at the different incidents, the passing, the braking. I'm just really enjoying watching it, but. I've just not developed a favorite yet, which is kind of well, neat. Kind of neat. I think that I know watching NASCAR when I had a favorite, I watched that favorite, and then once that favorite was done or wrecked, I was done watching the race. So if you get to a point where you don't have a favorite, then you'll be more enjoying the race and seeing what's happening. Like if you have no horse in the cart. Got it. Or horse in a race, I should say. Dog, so, in, yeah. dog in a fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah all, that, all that good stuff. Horse yeah. in a race, dog in a fight, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. We have no events. Well, we have kind of an event. Okay, what do we got? Do we want to talk about our ride at all? We can. You want to talk about your ride? I mean, I do and I don't, because every time I start talking about things, they get canceled. So, I don't really well, want to going. about it. I'm going. So I know you're going, but every time I get something halfway planned, it's like something gets in the way. So, oh, all right. So you don't want to talk about it? We don't want to talk about it. I do. I don't. I do, but I don't. All right. So we won't talk about it today. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Let's see what else we got. Um, uh, I have nothing else, my friend. I think we're good. Downshift time? Yeah, let's hit it. Well, before we do that, let's just take a moment. Again, and thank the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And please check out loudpipes.net slash donate if you're interested in helping the show. If you find any value, we'd appreciate a, a few dollars. And loudpipes.net slash store. I promise we will get that set up here one of these days. Right, John? Yeah. We'll, topic yeah. for later. Yeah, topic for later. Additional information from this episode, including links and images, can be found on the website loudpipes.net slash 102. Be sure to check out, check out Baca. That's an interesting organization. They're doing great work. And, you know, if you feel it in your heart, you know, donate to them as well. Also on our website, you can leave us feedback, subscribe to our show, follow us on social media, drag my feet. While I open the link, social media. 
<laughs> All right, Johnny John, kick stands up. Let's do this, my friend. Everybody ride safe. Later. you for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate